Hello and welcome to the healthy, happy, and mostly sane entrepreneur. I'm your host, stress management consultant and coach and mostly sane entrepreneur, Ellen Leonard. Each week, I share my obsession with figuring out how to prioritize your own health and sanity while running a business, because I don't think you have to sacrifice your own health and well-being to be successful. So please stay tuned for today's episode full of actionable tools. And don't forget to hit subscribe to be sure you don't miss out on future episodes. Hello, I am so excited to have you here for podcast number 17, Healthy Habits, They Have to Work for You. The amount of health and wellness information that is out there today is insane. For reals, it's intense. You are bombarded every single day with ideas of what you should be doing, what you're already doing wrong, and lots of ideas for new and exciting things to do because all you have is unlimited time to fill with health and wellness choices. I am, of course, being sarcastic. So some things that I've heard is meditating will fix everything. Uh, But I'm also supposed to be writing uh, a book, right? But also reading a book every single week. Um, I'm also supposed to be taking uh, high intensity interval training classes because so and so did it and she loves it. And I'm sure there's something else that's new that I'm supposed to be eating and something else that I'm not supposed to be eating anymore. I'm tired even talking about it, right? It's exhausting. And here's what I'd used to do. I would hear about something, right? A friend would tell me or I'd hear it on a podcast. (laughs) Yeah, I get the irony of that. And I would decide that it was the answer, right? Like I might decide, oh, meditation, it's the answer. It's gonna fix everything. It's the thing I've been looking for. And I would do this, be all in without ever considering whether or not it would actually work for me or without even trying it to see if it does work for me. And it's hilarious when I think about it because it actually has worked out sometimes. So it's not apparently a blanket statement. Yoga is a great example of this. I heard about it. I tried it. I was all in. And it's still something I'm doing more than 20 years later. But there are plenty of examples of health and wellness things that I have pushed on with that I have pushed through hating and being uncomfortable with and not enjoying and not getting any benefits from because they just weren't for me. There's nothing wrong with them. And there's nothing wrong with me. I just have to find the health and wellness things that work for me. And so that's why today, we are going to dive into this revolutionary idea that The healthy habits that you create, the things that you are willing to let into your life, that you're willing to make space for, that you're willing to work for and try for and integrate into your life, they have to work for you. Or else what are we even doing? If they work for somebody else, that's awesome. But they only matter if they actually work for you. And of course, today's podcast is going to include action you can take today to start working on this. That's right. You can get more clarity on what works for you today and stop being distracted by all these things that maybe aren't working for you. 
In this episode, you're going to learn number one, how to stop wasting your time doing stuff that doesn't work for you. Number two, how to know if something is working for you or not. And number three, action steps to clarify what what healthy habits to keep and which ones to ditch. As always, the podcast is designed to help you take action and is packed with information. So just know that the show notes will have all of these details to support you. So if you're driving or on a walk, I've got you covered. Let's get started. And I wanted to start today's episode with a bit of a disclaimer. Um, It's something really basic, but I feel like it needs to be clearly stated. Um, I just want to clarify that what I'm saying is experts in science and doctors are essential in our health and wellness. I listen to them. I use what they're telling me. I know that based on science and doctors and experts that physical fitness is essential for me to be healthy. That's not at all what I'm disputing. I'm saying that within physical fitness, for example, there are many different ways to be physical fit, physically fit, and I get to pick one that actually works for me. So for example, I know that based on science and doctors and experts that running is one awesome way to be able to be more physically fit, but there's also evidence behind other ways. So what this podcast is about is that I get to decide if when I'm thinking about being more physically fit, being more active, whether or not that's running or swimming or biking or walking or hiking or climbing or yoga or playing basketball, whatever it is, I get to pick what works for me. So I just wanted to make that small disclaimer before we dive into stuff a little bit more deeply. So I first wanted to talk about not wasting your time with these things that don't work. Your time is so freaking valuable and you already know this, right? I know you do. But here's the thing. If you try something out like meditation or running or meal prepping and you're not enjoying it, it's not adding to your life, you're not seeing any of the benefits that you started it for in the first place, it's not enhancing your well-being, it doesn't help you get closer to your goals in a way that works for you, then why are you doing it? I'm not saying we shouldn't try to do hard things or things that are challenging. That's very different than things that actually aren't getting results for you. You get to choose. It is your choice about how you are going to spend your time. And none of us is running around thinking, oh my gosh, I have so much free time. I'm looking for more things to do that won't work for me. We are actively trying to include only the things that work really well for us, right? Why would we waste our time on something that isn't actively adding to our life, that isn't actively giving us benefits, right? And it might be something that's giving us benefits in the long run. If you're trying to lose weight, it might take a while and that's fine. That's not what I'm talking about. You're doing the things to lose weight that feel good to you, that are useful, that don't hurt you. That's what we're talking about. So value your time more and pay attention to what's working for you and let's do more of that. So how do you know what actually works for you? Such a good question. You try it. You try it and you reflect 
on your experience. Now, I haven't talked much about the stressless method, and this is a business I started back in 2013 to help people manage stress because I was finding lunch and learns useless, and I really wanted to create an evidence-based method that worked with how people actually learn and actually change behavior and actually manage stress. But anyway, one of the steps of the stress loss method is to try it. And I know it seems so simple, but people often only kind of try something, right? And then if they don't like it or it doesn't work for them, they don't really reflect on why it did or did not work for them. And I've worked with thousands of students and clients and helped them transform their lives just by doing this simple step. Trying something, reflecting on why or why it did not work, and then using that information to build on it and integrate it into their lives that actually works for them in a way that works for them. And let me give you an example of what this looks like. My most classic example of trying it and deciding if it works for you is hands down meditation. I've probably talked about this before, but I have so many clients who hear from a competitor or a colleague, that meditation is the thing that works for them. And it's usually a specific kind of meditation. Oh, you have to meditate with so-and-so's program. Oh, you have to try this one. You have to do this one. You need to be doing this one. And time and time again, clients will do one of several things. Number one, they will try this one form of meditation, right? And there are literally thousands of different kinds, right? When you take into consideration different types of meditation, length, different voices, different way that people uh, talk to you about it, guided, not guided, with music, without music, right? So they'll try this one specific meditation and they just won't like it or they'll think they're doing it wrong. They won't really give it a chance to see Well, what was it that I didn't like about that meditation? Was it the voice? Was it the length? Was it that I was trying to do it while my kids were in the room with me? What was it that wasn't working for me? And what were the parts that were working for me? And how do I do more than that? More of that, right? How do I find more of the things that are working for me? And let me give you a more specific example. Let's say you try a meditation with music, okay? And you try it several times and every time you're distracted. And when you break it down, when you reflect on it, you discover, oh, I don't like the music, that's not working for me. Maybe I could try one that was just a voice. Maybe I could try one that was just nature sounds. Maybe I could try those and see if those work better for me before giving up on meditation completely. And this is just an example. This would apply to anything, yoga, running, whatever. You give it a try, you decide what works for you, what doesn't, and you move on, you build from there. And another thing that clients and students do again and again is they will continue to practice meditation even if they hate it. They will decide that, well, so-and-so is doing it, so I really need to keep doing it. And no matter how many times I ask or um, try to encourage them to maybe figure out what works for them, they will continue to push through. 
even though they're getting no benefits from it. So instead of altering the behavior to serve them, they decide that they're doing it wrong or that the problem is with them. And I disagree with that so much. I think that we are all different. And I think we all get to be different. And that is awesome. And so we get to figure out what works for us and not be sad when the thing that works for this person that we admire or value doesn't work for us because that's fine. We are all individual and complex human beings and that is awesome. So I think the two points I was trying to make there was that, yeah, meditation is awesome. It's got a lot of science behind it. It works for a lot of people, but it does not work for everyone. And so I would encourage you when you're trying to discover if something works for you or not, number one, you try different versions of it. You give it a try in different ways and you reflect on what works for you and what doesn't and build from there. And number two, never assume that because you are doing something and you're not seeing any of the benefits, that it's you, right? It might be you, but maybe it just doesn't work for you. Maybe it's not your thing and that is fine. And I use meditation as an example, so please don't think that I'm down on meditation. I am not. This example could be applied to yoga, running, meal prepping, uh, going gluten-free. There's so many different things, different health and wellness behaviors that have a lot of science, a lot of evidence behind them that people are finding so valuable. But you have to figure out what works for you. So I wanted to share an example that I find funny now, years later, that I did not find funny when it was going on, of how I decided that I should be doing something without thinking about whether or not it worked for me. And that example is running. So years ago, I trained for the Disney full marathon. And if you don't know, a full marathon is 26.2 miles, which even saying it out loud right now makes me feel a little bit crazy. Like, how did I even do that? I don't even know. During my training, I went from being able to walk a mile, which is where I started, to several months later running a full marathon at Walt Disney World in Florida. It was really cool. They had characters everywhere. I got to run through Cinderella's castle. I mean, it was really freaking cool. Even thinking back, I am smiling at thinking about um, how awesome it was to train for something, to succeed at something, to accomplish something. There were so many amazing things that went into that. But in my training, I could have been paying better attention to how my body was actually reacting to running. So there were a lot of things I loved about running. I loved the community that I got to experience while I was training with other people for this common goal. That was so much fun. Uh, I felt really good while I was running. It was almost a meditative state. Um, I liked being able to accomplish things, right? Every week you run a little bit further, you integrate something else. I really valued that. And I felt stronger. I felt accomplished. Um, And a lot of things my body did like about it. But my knees, (laughs) my knees 
hated running. And they started hating running when I did my first half marathon. And after that, I remember my knees just weren't the same. There was something a little off. I wouldn't say they were injured. They were just uncomfortable. And runners deal with a lot of pain and discomfort. And so there's a mentality that you just push through. And so that's exactly what I did. I didn't listen to my body. My body was actively telling me that, yeah, this running thing is great, but it might not be so great for you. And it was telling me that every time I ran. So then when I was running my full marathon, I was so happy. And I remember this exact moment, the um, sun, it was, uh, the sun was rising because you had to start super early because to run nearly 30 miles through all the Disney parks before it opens, you have to start really early. And the sun was rising right when I got to Cinderella's castle. So the light was just insane. And I I was almost crying. It was so beautiful. I was like, oh, I've worked so hard. This is such a good moment. And that is also the moment that my left knee decided to stop working. That's the best way I can put it. It was an immediate sharp pain. And I didn't fall down, but I definitely stopped running. (laughs) I was just suddenly like it was immediate. I was, I stopped. I paused. I was like, oh, that's intense. I walked for a little while because, again, the mentality was to push through everything I'd read said that running's so good for you and I should be able to do this. And everybody else around me, there were thousands of people around me running. Oh, I just need to push through. And so that's what I did. I ran 20 more miles because that was around mile six. I ran 20 more miles on a seriously injured knee, like a dummy, ignoring that this thing was not working for me, that running was not working for me. And again, running isn't inherently good or bad. It's just not for me. And so here I am years later, I think it's probably eight years later, and my knee still hurts every day. I can't run anymore. I would still like to run. (laughs) That's how messed up my brain is, right? That I would still like to run. I would think that that was fun. I would like to accomplish and challenge myself. But my body told me, running is not for you. (laughs) My knee specifically actively told me, running is not your thing. Running is awesome for other people. It's a great way to stay healthy, but it's maybe not the best choice for your body, especially if you want it to work for another 40 or 50 years. And I could very easily slip into this mentality that I'm somehow a failure, that I'm less than because I can't run like all my friends and these people I admire and so and so, or that I should be able to do this. I'm only in my 40s and and what's wrong with me? But I don't think that that mindset serves me very well. I think I need to take what worked for me in that situation and build off of it. So things that I loved about it, I think I told you already just a few moments ago, the community, right? I loved the community. I loved having a common goal. And so 
I can get those things in other ways. For example, when um, <laughs> when I'm going to a yoga class, I'm laughing because currently I'm not able to go to yoga class because of the pandemic. But when I get to go to yoga classes, I feel that sense of community. And I have very specific goals for yoga poses that I'm working on or challenges that I'm doing. Um, I include those things in something that my body loves. My body loves yoga. My mind loves yoga. It really serves me. And it took a long time to find the yoga studio and the yoga classes and the yoga teachers that worked for me. But I used this strategy. I kept trying things out, noticing the parts of the yoga classes that worked for me noticing the parts that absolutely did not and making my choices based on that and building from there to create something that was then worth my time and effort to create a health and wellness habit that was worth my time and effort that gave me results, that gave me benefits that I was interested in. And those were not impacted negatively by the behavior that I was doing. So hopefully these stories help to illustrate how important it is to try things out, figure out what works for you and what doesn't, and then continue to chase and seek the things that do work for you. So yes, experts in science are essential to our health and wellness. Absolutely. I know that based on science and doctors and experts, that physical fitness is essential for me to be healthy. And I know that running is one of those options, but I also know that it's not the right option for me. It's not the right option specifically for my left knee, but we'll just call that overall my body, that it's not the right option for me. I get to decide if I'm going to swim or run or bike or walk or yoga or play basketball. I get to pick what works for me. And so hopefully you've got a better idea of how you might go about figuring out what works for you and doing more of that. So with that in mind, your action steps for today are to pick a health and wellness habit or activity, something that you are already doing or that you've been thinking, I'd really like to get into or I'd really like to start doing. And then try it if you're not already trying it. And really examine what parts of it worked for you. Be really specific so that you can go out and find more of that. And what parts don't work for you? Again, be really specific so you can avoid that, so you cannot be including that. And what benefits are you hoping to get out of whatever this is? And are you actually getting those results you're looking for? And again, I want to emphasize, I'm not talking about challenge, right? When I think back to running and whether or not it was right for me, I never think it was wrong for me because it was hard. Yes, it was hard. And I was willing to push through hard. I was willing to push through challenging. And I was willing to push through that. But I was not willing to push through intense pain that made me double over or things that permanently injured my body parts. I feel like there's a really good line there. And so absolutely 
find something that challenges you, that inspires you, but make sure it's something that's giving you results, that's giving you benefits. And then for the final part of your action step, decide whether or not you want to modify what you're doing or ditch it or just do it more. What are you going to, what action are you going to take with the results? So you try something out, you figure out what works and what doesn't, and then you act on those results. When you know what works for you, you can make a choice to include what really serves you in your life. My biggest piece of advice is take what works and leave the rest. So I know we covered a lot today. So if you want all the details and resources, especially those last action steps, so you can really start to integrate this into your life right now, head on over to www.ellen-leonard.com backslash podcast for show notes and more. That's www.ellen-leonard.com backslash podcast for show notes and more. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes full of actionable tips to help you do what you love without sacrificing your health or losing your mind. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you a healthy, happy, and mostly sane week. I'll see you next time.